I'm a part-time rock star. But I go to work. What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. My guest today is Matt Pless. He's a singer-songwriter slash troubadour slash drawer slash all-around artist from the Baltimore area, uh, from Catonsville, just up the road. In, uh, in some ways, he's uh, been kind of called like a Bob Dylan or a John Prine of the folk punk scene, at least in some people's opinions. Uh, personally, I admire his lyricism, which is often manic and blunt and catchy and pertinent all at the same time. Um, it's not always easy to be memorable as a songwriter or just a guy with an acoustic guitar backing you up, but uh, he always stands out from the crowd. And uh, again, he's a hometown dude, which is cool. Um, I'm going to feature one of his songs here at the end called Ashtray. And uh, we talked about all sorts of stuff. Um, you can follow him on Spotify. You can buy songs on iTunes. Um, I'm sure he's got merch out there. Um, and uh, also, you can follow this podcast wherever you may find it. Uh, otherwise, hopefully everybody's staying safe and staying sane and uh, all that. Um, without further ado, Matt Plus. Welcome to what I call the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. It's a podcast based... Uh, kind of around the Baltimore area for us working musicians. I started it uh, kind of out of boredom, obviously, given the uh, the times. And uh, it's been cool so far. It's been able, been able to get a few people on. Um, anyway, for people listening, my guest today is Matt Pless. I consider him a, a legend of a songwriter from the area. Um, he's uh, been compared to the likes of Bob Dylan and John Prine, uh, but obviously a bit more modern in your lyricism. And, uh, yeah, man. Um, is that a is that a fair intro or a fair assessment so far? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. Um, hopefully this will get around to people who listen to your stuff, and um, I'll try to feature a couple of your songs in here as well. Um, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, I was kind of listening to another podcast you did uh, earlier today to kind of do my homework and um, try not to ask you too many of the same things twice. But um, <laughs> I got the uh, I got the feel that you were a reader, and um, one of the the books you had mentioned was um, "The People's History" by Howard Zinn, which I thought was really cool. And uh, I was just curious, really, what uh what you've been doing in the quarantine, if you're still reading, or if that was even something you were what super into. quarantine? Yeah. Um, not much, just kind of been writing, uh, just writing poetry, and just writing journal stuff, and um, just trying to like stay sane, being cooped up, you know. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess people expect you to be like super creative when you have nothing to do, but I don't know, for me, I'm just kind of stressed out right now, so I'm just trying to take it easy, but... I'm just sitting writing stuff and doing a little bit of drawing and, and things like that. Yeah, I follow your um, your art page as well, and um, 
I may actually try to see if you'd be interested in doing one of my band's album covers somewhere down the road because it's it's really cool. It's, it's got those psychedelic undertones to it or overtones, really. Um, and you definitely have a knack for that. Uh, so I'd kind of consider you probably an all-around artist. I don't know if you can if you can still hear me or not. Um, no, I, I can still hear you. I can still hear you. It's just super quiet. <laughs> Yeah. No, thanks for the compliment, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I just like making stuff, you know, <laughs> when mm. it strikes me to do so. Right on. So, yeah, I guess you, you first kind of got into music in the Catonsville area and uh, in high school, and then since then you've kind of been doing DIY tours is what I gather? Um, pretty much, yeah. I know I played in a punk band when I was in high school in my early 20s. And um, that was a local and regional called Three Prong Outlet. And um, when we broke up, I started doing the solo thing. And I've been kind of doing that ever since in one form or another, whether it's been busking in New York City on the streets or like playing, you know, DIY shows around the country on tours. Like, I just try to maintain keeping consistent. Yeah. Um, I mean, how much did you have set up prior to uh, all the quarantines? quarantine stuff happening oh uh, i had um i had like about 13 more dates that i had to cancel or like cancel um so i got about half the tour done this most recent one down to florida and i was supposed to go over and play folk shit up fest in texas but that got canceled and that was a real bummer because there's a lot of cool bands on it um and yeah basically just headed straight home from i believe gainesville florida and got there in like three days and just been kind of Chilling here since, so <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dry, but I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I actually ended up getting the virus early on, so that's the uh, that's the beard you're seeing. I'm I'm about ready to come out of the quarantine here soon, go back to work, but uh, wow. I'm kind of a front line wow. front line healthcare worker, as it were. Right on. So wow, um. But I'm doing all right now, and uh, I think my case was kind of mild. Yeah, it's scary. That's, I'm glad you made it through. It's fucking scary. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bad. At, you know, I wanted to get back to normal life a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah, seriously, um, it would be nice. <laughs> it's getting rough. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if monotony is really great for creativity, personally. I mean, maybe it is for short intervals, but for long intervals, it does seem rough. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you need to change stuff up a little bit. So you can only do so much when the whole like world feels like it just like is on hold and you're like no foreseeable end. So I, I don't know. I don't know what happens next. You know, it's just kind of wild. But I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it'd be easy to kind of slip into a level of melancholy or depression almost. Just given that yeah, I kind of roll that way anyway. I'm always kind of melancholy, like you know. So yeah, it's definitely start. It's been affecting my head a little bit, but nothing too bad, you know. Just like the blues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blues or the booze is uh, kind of what I'm <laughs> trying to stay bad. stay away from a little bit, or as much as I can. Yeah, yeah it's really tempting to like fall into bad habits back when you're stuck inside the house all day. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, so that's kind of what. Plan, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely go down the Mother Nature route for sure about whether or not she's got a little bit of a backlash in store to some of our human antics. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I figured I'd start off by asking like, about books and TV shows or music or anything that you kind of been getting into that you wouldn't have otherwise, because I feel like for most people, that's at least a positive in all of this. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's just been time to kind of reflect about stuff, you know. I mean, I don't know, it's cool to see my family and stuff. Um, I, it's, I don't know when I'm going to tour again, that's the problem, when I, because you can't really anticipate, like, when everything will be rolling again. I can't really start, like, okay, I'm going to book three months away from now. Like, I got to sort of, I'm kind of on hold, I don't know what to do. So that's a little frustrating, because that's, like, you know, you know, we got so many years, man. You want to yeah. like, fill up as much cool stuff as you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, somebody actually asked me today about a gig in October, and uh, that seems like maybe the most reasonable timeline I've heard. It's kind of sounding like the summer might be a wash. I mean, maybe not, <laughs> but I mean. I mean, at this point, for me, it's too late to kind of book for summer because. It's got to be like three months in advance. You know, I can start booking for August, September. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like at this point, I'm also just like, I, I can't even think that far ahead with stuff. I'm trying to figure it out. I got an album coming out that I have to get uh, lined up for a release date. It's all finished. I just got to get it put out. I haven't, I haven't worked on getting that worked out. Um, but I want to get that out by summer. But uh, at the same time, you know, I don't, you know, Everyone's kind of in a bummer mood and stuff, and I wonder if like it's a good time to release it. Like kind of, kind of music I do um, in the middle of like a summer where no one can go hang out and do anything. Uh, well, hopefully people can by then. But um, yeah, just try. It's weird. Uh, like uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, what I have coming out now fits the mood of the world we're in right now. But we'll see. You know, I wrote it like two years ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely going to ask you about some of the stuff you've been putting out. Um, I noticed you probably have about four albums and an EP. Does that sound accurate, uh, at least on the internet? Yeah, yeah, it's basically, yeah, there's other stuff that's not released, uh, but yeah, that's all I have right now, I think. And probably the, it is the most recent single that you put out um, that was called uh, All Good, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and that was definitely, from what I can tell, a pretty big departure from uh, your standardized sound. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I was having a good time. <laughs> yeah, so is the new stuff you're considering putting out, is that a similar vibe? or No, okay. no. It's just, one, it's just one song. Um, the new album I have is mostly, it's like a mix of like acoustic folk and like, uh, like you know, like full band punk rock. I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's got a little more, uh, it's got a little more, I guess, like, uh, rock and roll to it than uh, my last one. Um, and the one before that was, like, totally different. This album, Call It Art, that came out in 2015, like, no one, like, talks about it, but, like, that was already a big departure from what I usually did. It was totally, like, um, psychedelic beats and just, like, you know, really trippy lyrics and, uh, definitely a different vibe than folk punk so this isn't the first time i've kind of not done a folk punk album but <laughs> yeah 
Um, what's kind of interesting to me, and maybe I feel a little bit bad, is that I was very into certain folk punk bands in Philly in my in my youth, like uh, Mischief Brew, for, for instance. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Like hugely into that stuff, and I uh, was lucky enough to meet Eric a couple times and talk to him about his approach to songwriting, but incidentally I found your music a little bit more randomly, even though I grew up around here, and it was just kind of friends of friends, and then I found like some of your sh- uh, stuff on YouTube. Like the Frayed Wind Blows and all that, and kind of got into it um, from there. Um, Thanks for checking it out. But yeah, you're, we definitely keep your stuff on uh, on the playlists and whatnot. Cool. Uh, Thanks, help, man. Help out the plays. It looks like you're kicking ass fairly well, I would say. I mean, you got about a half a million streams on Ash, Ashtray on Spotify, which is... Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is, yeah. That's not slacking. Uh for sure. No, <laughs> so hopefully, tomorrow, I never thought you'd be good. Hopefully, you're getting some kickback from that. Um, I don't know what it's like on that end of things, but I mean, you know, you've all heard, you've all heard the Spotify stuff. You know, I mean, it makes some money when you start accumulating a good amount of like streams, but you know, it's they're not paying off. Yeah, a great amount at all. But I mean, you know. I'm just glad people are hearing my songs. Like, 500,000 people, like, know, or listen to one of my songs. It's really cool. You know, that's what it's all about anyway. I mean, you can't take the money with you, you know? You want to leave something really solid behind. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I think you're doing that in a big way. Um, Trying to. But, yeah, I'm curious when you're saying maybe you're hesitant to put out new stuff in the times. Just because it seems like at least you know, the kids these days and whatnot, it it seems like the mantra is just content, period. You know what I mean? Just putting stuff out. Maybe sometimes to the detriment of them themselves of just putting stuff out to put it out. But, you know, especially since people don't have much to do right now, it seems like you might as well put stuff I'm not, out. I'm not interested in putting content out for the sake of content you know i want to just put out good songs like i i wait till i get like a feeling about a song and then i'll write it if i don't get a feeling about a song i'm not gonna write it so like i'm not on some like schedule where i'm like writing every single like week or anything like that i write when i get the spark you know and then um i uh that's kind of like you know it's just the way i go about it uh um, I don't. I don't just make stuff to make it. It's honestly a point because I'm not happy with it, then I don't think other people will be happy with it. So yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, it's weird though. Like, the album I have ready to release, uh, I don't think really goes with the times at all. It's like you know, kind of like uh, it's got a lot of love songs. It's like a it's like a heartbreak ish album, I guess, with a couple other kind of different topics peppered in. Uh, but you know. I feel like I wrote stuff about what's going on now. Like I've been writing about it for like 15 years, so it's just like all this stuff that you just get on my back catalog. It's funny, like you know, songs that kind of fit the times right now. But I just feel like the new album I have coming out doesn't really match up. But I still think it's good. It's just like you know, we're not talking about the apocalypse on this one. That was <laughs> before the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, you know. Once all this blows over, maybe people will be looking for some positivity. So, who knows? I just want to make people dance, man. Yeah. <laughs> Six feet away. I just want people to dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think people are still hanging out with their significant others or maybe their friends at home. So, there could still be 
some small dance parties. Oh, uh, yeah. When, when this is over, it's going to be a party. Everyone's going to be raging hard. It's going to be like, yeah. I can do things again. It's going to be nuts. So. Yeah. It's hard to even visualize <laughs> at this point. But. Yeah, I forgot what it was like to go do things. <laughs> I know. Just like sitting down at a restaurant or something. Um. <laughs> Everything's on like Zoom and stuff now. Everybody's doing the, the uh, live streams. The whole world's just like live streaming away. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you thinking about doing any of that? In the I've done a bunch of them since it started. I've done like one a week. It seems like someone's always asking to do one. So uh, I've done a bunch. It's just like they're weird, you know. It's like they're fun and all, but like you're really playing for a phone. You can't really get that energy feedback from the crowd, like. There's nothing like a, like you know a sweaty like punk show or like you know just a bunch of kids like singing your songs in like a row in front of you in the basement you know or hell even a coffee shop where people are just kicking it drinking tea or whatever like it's all a little bit more energetic as far as like, you feel the room and you can't feel the room when you're playing for a phone so I don't know I feel like it's kind of like a put on in a way yeah um, with the whole cell phone yeah it's uh, it's definitely weird times. I am kind of wondering how concerts are going to come back, you know, in in what way. If it's going to be like a, a trickling effect or approach coming back or people are going to just be hungry for it and it won't matter. Like, I don't know. It's hard to picture a mosh pit right now, at least. I'm not getting in one. <laughs> I'm going to limit my hanging out to people. I'm going to limit my hangouts for like, you know, one to two people for the next like six months. I'm not gonna go to anything. I don't think there's a big crowded area for quite a while. Like I got a shitty immune system from like you know a lot of immune disease I got, so I gotta watch out. Even if they let people start come back out and mingle in like public, I still gotta be careful extra because I don't want to catch it because of a weak immune system. So yeah, that's fair. You know. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to ask you about sort of being a vagabond I mean is that even a fair assessment or was that a, a something early on where I know I've heard you yeah, tell stories but, about hitchhiking and and kind of traveling solo back in the day you know I mean back in the day you know I did a lot more of that like rambling around stuff like you know um I'm kind of stationary right now and like you know I spent like four years on the road just touring just traveling so that's like those are my years of doing like vagabond or whatever you know uh, now I'm just more like I book tours and like have a place to live when I'm not on the road and like yeah. uh, but I mean like, you always got that vagabond spirit in your heart man I mean, it's not just traveling it's a way of being you know <laughs> and like sometimes I feel like a vagabond just kicking it in someone's living room for like you know you know six weeks you know doesn't really matter like where you're at if that's in your like you know spirit you know I guess you'll always have a little vagabond in you <laughs> yeah for sure do you ever watch the movie uh, Into the Wild, or ever hear of it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alexander Supertramp. Yep. That was a, there was actually a book too. It was, they were both really good, but I always found yeah. that stuff to be inspiring for for writing and just for life in general. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a cool. I didn't read the book. I saw the movie. Um, but uh, you know, I guess he figured something out. Yeah, I, I hope he did. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's juxtaposed between that freedom that he found, but then also some of his dying 
dying writings weren't as great, kind of being that I think he highlighted Thoreau saying that happiness needs to be shared, and he kind of felt like maybe he was missing out on that end of things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I get that totally. I have a feeling that I have a feeling that humans, you know, we have a tendency to always be like, you know, well, what if I did this instead? I mean, I don't think we're ever satisfied. Like, I mean, uh, you know, but I definitely think there is something to be said about experiencing things with someone versus alone. Although I've experienced a lot of really cool stuff by myself, you know, um, I think there's room for both. You know, if you're an introverted personality, you know, it's sometimes good to just be out on the road alone and listening to the wind driving down like a long ass stretch of road but like you know if you're like someone who's like you know what needs that needs to be very social and stuff it might drive you crazy um but i kind of like just like i kind of like touring alone uh, i don't mind it um depending on who i'm touring with i can really just like touring with somebody else hmm. that makes sense yeah i guess i think spiritually you kind of got to be your own best friend probably in life in general but then especially if you're out on the road I think, I don't know, some people are better at keeping themselves company than others. Yeah, I'm pretty good at keeping myself company. I mean, I like having the people around eventually. That's why going to the shows is cool. But, you know, you know, sometimes if you're on that road for like four months straight by yourself, you start to get a little loopy around month like two and a half. And, uh, you know, that can happen. But, I mean, you know, I think it's influenced my writing and stuff. And, you know, I don't regret it. It was a good time, you know. I do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to say, man, you're a hell of a writer. And I'm sure you've heard that plenty of times before. But, I mean, it's really your lyrics, I think, that stick out a ton. And I know some people say they're like a music person or a lyric person, either as a listener or as a, as a writer. But what I've always loved about punk is, in a lot of ways, it's lyrics first. It's very blunt. Um, and then oftentimes poetic. But first and foremost, you get you get your point across, and it's clear. At least for a lot of punk artists, they don't beat around the bush. And I feel like you know you're on par with a lot of the my other favorite bands that do that. Um, so I was kind of curious. Yeah, man, uh, I was kind of curious what um, got you going in that direction. Whether it was just the spirit of the times, or if it was a particular artist or a writer or something like that that kind of got you going in that direction or maybe it was just innate maybe it was just intrinsic to you what like punk or like folk music what direction yeah kind of the folk punk thing oh folk punk um, um you know i always uh when i was a kid i always played my records on my little, little turntable at 78 speed so they play really fast so i think i always had a lot of like energy to get out and i like fast music it was catchy so it makes sense that I started to like punk rock when I was a teenager. Um, and, you know, one day I, you know, pretty much I was playing punk rock in a punk rock band and that band fell apart and I started playing acoustic guitar and trying to do the whole folk thing, but I still couldn't play acoustic folk. I was still playing punk on an acoustic guitar. So uh, it took me a while to kind of learn some more finger picking patterns and things like that to get a little more, you know, uh, guilt in my playing of folk music but in the meantime uh the punk uh aspect of my you know personality morphed its way into you know me trying to play acoustic guitar and it just made i guess like I, it, 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 it's folk punk but like i didn't go out to call it folk punk and i don't think all of it is folk punk i think i have a lot of different types of acoustic songs i think i only have like maybe nine nine folk punk sounding fast songs but i think you know 
like I said, the, the idea of punk is like it's an attitude. It's like a, you know, it's just like it's, it's less about a music style to me. It's more just like you know, it's just like an attitude. It's like a way yeah. of life, or whatever. You know. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite bands you've gotten to play with over the years? Um, in like the full punk scene or in general? Just in general, like highlights. I played a show with Fall Out Boy when they were nobody. My old band, Three Prong Outlet. We oh, yeah. for them for like 10 people. That's pretty uh, fun. Maroon 5 played open for them when there was like eight people there at the fire in Philadelphia um, in like 2002. They were, were kind of cool gigs just because those bands got really big and like looking back, you're just like, wow, yeah, you got to see them play a nobody. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of cool bands in the folk punk scene um, that I've been lucky enough to share stages with uh pretty much all the ones people know i guess you know um over the years i've ran into at least most of them uh so yeah um yeah i've had some cool shows i played with some cool bands some really cool stuff happened as far as a result of being involved in the diy scene yeah i thought one of the funny stories you mentioned on another podcast was uh early on you had a bandmate who was rich and able to buy an RV and able to kind of get you on tour, get you out of town. And Yeah, uh, this guy, Mike. Go ahead. Well, and there's this guy, Mike, from this uh, band, No Excuse. Yeah, he's, uh, he was from uh, Columbia. Uh, a little more uh, upper class. Like, uh, and he ended up getting an RV. Like, randomly, he get he gets an RV mobile home from his dad for his, like, 18th birthday and like I forget what his dad did he had he was making money obviously but this thing was like a $60,000 RV mobile home and like this dude that we had just like asked to join the band because our old drummer left uh, all of a sudden boom he's got this RV and like he's like I'm going to book us a tour out to Chicago because like that's where the scene is now Chicago the Fireside Bowl Alistair all that shit um, back when that was popping off with like messed and stuff whatever um, uh, but anyway like um, uh, he books this tour and we just kind of he booked like half a tour. Basically, we drove out to Chicago in like an RV and just partied and then parked in a guy's driveway in Chicago and just partied <laughs> and then played some shows and played like two shows on the way back. And that was the, the first time I ever went on tour with a uh, three-prong outlet. And um, it was in an RV mobile home. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I started here and I'm so... <laughs> You're trying to work your way back there. Yeah, I'm trying to get back to my roots. I need to find that golden box of treasure cred. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, which cities did you branch out to first? Either on your own or on those tours? Pennsylvania. Us in Pennsylvania, Jersey, New York. Um, you know, the mid-Atlantic area stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. And then a little bit out to the Midwest, New England. I didn't do my first U.S. tour until uh, 2005, and uh, just booked like a three-month thing around the country. And just you know, at that point, we I wasn't even playing like you know DIY folk or folk punk shows. It was more like bars and shit. Like nobody was paying attention to this music that much in 2005, to my knowledge. Like I never ran into much of a scene there uh, until around 2008 or nine. Uh, yeah, that's when I kind of really started hitting the house shows seen exclusively and more you know really 
underbelly, uh, the underground of the underground. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, like the super off the radar, ear to the ground shit. That's like, that's where it's at. Um, so. Right on. Yeah. Is that, um. I think it involved in this, I think, huh? Oh, you can go ahead. No, I say I think, you know, getting involved in the DIY scene is definitely more beneficial to getting your music heard by people than just playing in random bars like around the country. Like, yeah, definitely trying to get involved in the scene. That's that's advice I would give any new songwriter trying to get out there and experience the on the road life and get their music heard. Like, yeah, start doing DIY. And I guess the more cities you get to, obviously, the better chances you're going to find the scenes that are a little bit more vibrant and you know, kind of stay away from some of the ones that are. On the on the downward trend, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I've hit about a half hour here. So if you need to go, that's cool with me. Um, I would have maybe. Yeah, it's all good. Thanks for having. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, any way I can try to help support your music, um, I'll drop some links and drop some songs or whatever in this uh, episode. Solid. And uh, obviously. Thanks. Yeah. So um, I guess if you have any little tidbits or shout-outs or subjects maybe I didn't get to, uh, feel free to. No, I don't think I have anything. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but if I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, hopefully you stay safe and uh, also stay sane. Yeah, yeah try it. So, you too, man. Thanks for uh, interviewing or thanks for calling. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I do appreciate it. And uh, good luck with the new album, too. I'll be looking forward to it. Thanks. Yeah. You'll hear about it. Take All it easy, right. man. All right, man. See you. Someone asked me if I found God. Yes, I think we've met a couple times, but I'm not sure if it was him because I can't look her in the eye. And so, yeah, I want to thank Matt for coming on, and you guys, if you made it this far, still listening to the podcast, appreciate it. Um, the song that you hear in, in the background is called Ashtray. I uh, picked it up off iTunes. It's also got about half a million plays on Spotify. Um, he's also known... Uh, for When the Freight Wind Blows is a very uh, popular song of his. But uh, in any case, hopefully everybody out there is doing all right. Um, again, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that my band, The Hollow Truths, has an EP out called Parasocial. If you're into the hard rock thing, you can check it out. Otherwise, um, if you want to be on the podcast, you can always send me a message about that. Uh, it's on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, all that stuff. In any case, uh, hopefully this finds you well, and hopefully everybody's doing all right. See you next week. Another song for all the world to sing along, because after all, someday we'll all be gone. Yeah, someday we'll all be gone. Yeah, someday we'll all be gone. Now I've washed my hands of everything, the fairy tales and fantasy, apparently has finally got the best of me and all those drugs i did in vain they ease the pain and numb my brain but life is just a high you can't sustain life's a high you can't sustain life's a high you can't sustain and i hate to say it but i've heard it all before there's a devil in the details and salvation
with the Lord. No, I'm not one for compliance and defiance left me bored. I guess I don't believe in nothing anymore. Now I've seen the writing on the wall, the darkness in the crystal ball, a house of cards about to fall and a peace of mind I can't recall. But man, the worst thing that I saw was clearly the reflection of boy who said, I think I've seen it all. Yeah, I think I've seen it all. Yeah, I think I've seen it.